developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's August 4th, 1826, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Down Portugal Street in the Strand area of London in 2023, you'll see nothing more exciting than parts of the LSE campus and the back entrance of the British Orthopaedic Association. But if you'd been on the same street today in history in 1826, you'd have witnessed the dismantling of what was once its most famous attraction, the public stocks, the last to be removed from Britain's capital city. Yeah, and stocks and pillories, I didn't know that there was a difference, but stocks are the things that you put your feet in, and pillories are the ones that you put your head and your hands in. The ones that everyone calls stocks. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But between them, they've both been used across parts of Europe for at least a thousand years, probably much longer and the same in Asia actually, and certainly before most reliable records began. The earliest recorded reference to stocks in Europe appears in the Utrecht Psalter, which dates from around 820 AD. And in the punishment pecking order then, stocks being the ones that restrained only your feet, i.e. you got to sit down when you were in them, Mm. they were for lesser crimes, I'm using air quotes here, (laughs) homosexuality, heresy, Uh, (laughs) they were for lesser crimes than um, standing up in the pillory. Standing up in the pillory, obviously you could just die by having to stand there all day. Mm. Um, Whereas at least if you're sitting in the stocks, it's sort of at the discretion of the crowd. (laughs) Whether they're just going to humiliate you or whether they're going to throw rocks at your head and kill you. Yeah, Yeah, and also the fact that you had your arms free meant that you could protect yourself from projectiles that were being lobbed at you from the crowd. And you you can imagine the typical forms of abuse that might be doled out being spat on or hit, struck with rubbish or rotten food. You know, as we picture people just hurling rotten vegetables but there are also reports of more impish torture like apparently it was quite popular for cheeky boys to take off the stockings and tickle the feet of the victim while they were restrained and also unintentional deaths caused by impromptu stoning you know so being in the stocks would at least allow you to shield your head if people started lobbing bits of bricks at you yeah they were mandated in england in 1351 in a law the statute of laborers which was introduced requiring every town to provide and maintain a set of stocks and basically the authority were looking for a way to crack down on people who wanted higher wages. Which is genuinely outrageous, isn't it? When you think that this is essentially a way of settling union disputes. Yeah. And then you have a law, like, titled after labourers, and the output of that legislation is, we're going to insist that every town has stocks because people are demanding higher pay. It's not really about punishing the people that are demanding the higher pay, is it? It's a warning to everyone of the lower orders. Don't get above yourselves. Yeah, yeah. the statute stated that any labourer demanding higher wages than those that had been set down as the upper limit should spend three days in the stocks. And interestingly, the employers attempting to lure workers by offering more than those set wages should also spend three days in the stocks, although I couldn't find any evidence that employers were ever subjected to it. You can imagine it being demonstrated, can't you? Oh, go on then, put me in the stocks, you know, <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes later after having one tomato chucked to you. Oh, like the headmaster doing the <laughs> yeah. summer fate, do you know what I mean? Oh, oh. oh we've had a go. Don't tickle my feet now, scamps. Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I did find one instance when it was used on someone outside of the lower classes, someone who actually went on to be quite famous, Cardinal Wolsey, who had obviously become a very public figure during the Tudor period, around 1500, when he was just the humble rector of St Mary's Church, Lymington, he was placed in the stocks after becoming drunk at a public feast. Well, this is the funny thing, that the way that the use of stocks developed, first in the Vagabonds and Beggars Act of 1494, it was basically used to crack down on people who didn't have very much money. And the same thing again happened when the Poor Law Act was brought in in 1531, and that directed how aged, poor and impotent persons compelled to live by arms (laughs) shall be ordered to be put in the stocks. This This was exactly what they were using these things for, and then it came to be used against drunk people. But I mean, actually, I mean, all of the language around this is hilarious, isn't it? I love these sort of oldie-worldie words for criminals, you know, miscreants, vagabonds, drunkards, malefactors, ne'er-do-wells. But I mean, actually, what it's glossing over in every single case, as we're saying, is is poor people yes. that can be made an example of. And, you know, things like helping enslaved persons to escape, Sabbath-breaking, yeah. being a touring ballad singer. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, that seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose it's because, of course, there wasn't a police force in the country at the time. Every parish had their own rules and their own crowds to stand and administer these crimes. Mm. I mean, it's quite effective in a way because you did have to face the people around you for the things that you'd done. Well, and you not only had secular crimes, you also had ecclesiastical crimes, such as missing church or, you know, speaking in a way that was considered heretical. So some towns had stocks on wheels, precisely so that they could be taken from the market square where you might be punishing your secular crimes. They could be wheeled then out to the front of the church where they could be used to punish religious crimes. (laughs) But that thing as well about it being specifically targeted towards the poor was made very explicit in a statute of 1605, which required anyone convicted of drunkenness to receive six hours in the stocks or to pay a fine of three shillings and six Mm. pence. So basically, if you could pay your way out of it, you didn't ever have to be in this thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not defending the stocks, but at (laughs) least it kind of makes sense for drunkards, doesn't it, in a situation where there aren't authorities to deal with people. If someone is making a horrendous scene about themselves, putting them in a thing where they can't move and then eight hours later when they've sobered up, insisting they come into church... Mm-hmm. and uh, beg for forgiveness, that probably is a pretty appropriate punishment for that. They've been humiliated, they won't do it again, and you kept them away from people whilst they were drunk and abusive. Yeah, there was another one called the Drunkard's Cloak, also known as the Barrel <sighs> Pillory, where they basically just put you in a big booze barrel and made you walk around in that for a while, which is so... Like a cartoon character whose clothes have been exploded off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, this link with the church, because so many of the famous stocks in London anyway were um, directly tied up with parishes. So uh, these stocks that were dismantled on this day were St Clement Danes Parish, as you said, now the Strand, probably so named because it had had Danes living in it at some point. Mm. And St Clement Danes, sounds like a church, was a church. So these were the stocks belonging to the church. Um, And it's extraordinary that... You know, across Europe, there was a feeling that these kind of medieval-style punishments had run their course. France yeah. had phased it out in 1832. 
But it was the churches that still had them. Yeah, I was fascinated by that too, particularly by how long there had been attempts in Britain to abolish particularly the pillory. There was a speech by Edmund Burke in Parliament in 1780, a good 40 years before the date that we're talking about today, in which he described the adverse consequences of putting people in a pillory of the kinds that we're listing, that people may end up dead, which isn't what the punishment was meant to be. And he argued unsuccessfully, as it happens, for its abolition. And it wasn't until 1816 that pillories were restricted to punishing only perjurers. And that was sort of a a step in the direction of phasing them out. But stocks were never formally abolished. The last ever recorded unfortunate sentence to the stocks was Mark Tuck. This was in 1872. He was a rag and bone man. He was sentenced to four hours for drunkenness in Newbury in Berkshire. I found a contemporary report that said... 26 years had elapsed since the stocks were last used, and their reappearance caused no little sensation and amusement, several hundreds of persons being attracted to the spot where they were fixed. Tuck was seated upon a stool, and his legs were secured in the stocks at a few minutes past one o'clock, and as the church clock chimed each quarter, he uttered expressions of thankfulness and seemed anything but pleased at the laughter and derision of the crowd. 1872, though, you know? I mean... I know that then, actually, it probably was just a a case of people passing by and shouting insults at him. But theoretically, you're saying to the public, go on then. I mean, because we mentioned rotten fruit and vegetables, but it wasn't... People used to throw dead cats and dogs at people. Mm. People used to throw excrement at people. Stones, broken glass. Yeah, there was a bit in that report where they said Tuck was released and by a little stratagem on the part of the police, he escaped without being interfered with by the crowd. There must have been a sense that after that long sitting in the stocks, the crowd had kind of got itself a bit worked up and could have potentially, you know, as soon as he was taken out of this thing, done much worse. Yeah, and stocks have been such a fixture of public life for so many hundreds of years that there was a kind of a whole culture around them. And that very much spanned from really grim things like the way that colonists spread the practice to the New World and you know, it was routinely used to punish runaway slaves in the Caribbean and in the US slave states by the Spanish on native labourers in Latin America, but also kind of almost as sinister, these cutesy versions. There was a miniature version of the stocks called a finger stocks in which the finger was inserted. <laughs> it's like an executive desk toy. Yeah, exactly. You put your finger in and clamped it below the lower joint and it just meant that you couldn't withdraw your finger. They were used sometimes officially for minor offences like dozing off in church, but it seems like they were used at medieval (laughs) banquets as a kind of a gag punishment for unpopular guests. (laughs) The other thing that used to happen sometimes is if the crowd were on the side of the person who was being pilloried or in the stocks, you'd actually be able to sell their merch at the event. So when Daniel Defoe got put in the stocks for writing some literature that the king didn't like, his associate turned up and started selling copies of the pamphlet around the stocks. <laughs> I thought you meant like there'd be people selling T-shirts of him <laughs> in the stocks. You know, I pelted Defoe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm watching the author of the pamphlet being imprisoned in the stocks, I'm probably not going to buy a copy of the pamphlet when I'm standing <laughs> right. right there. I'll be like, I'll, I'll read this one at home. And so another week of retrospecting ends. But next week begins a day early at Club Retrospectors. Join us now to get an exclusive episode every Sunday. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears 
any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.